and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. My name is Kate Toon. I'm a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the Recipe for SEO Success eCourse. And here is my lovely co-host, Belinda Weaver. Yes, that's me. I'm a copywriter. I'm the founder of Copyright Matters and the Copywriting Masterclass course. Today, we're going to be talking about something a little bit controversial. We're talking about firing clients, how to get rid of that annoying client that you really don't want to work with anymore. We're not going to pull any punches in this episode, so get ready. So we talked in the previous podcast about when clients go AWOL, and that's just one of the many things that copywriting clients tend to do to us poor copywriters. We're a very hard done by group. So it can be very difficult to carry on a relationship with a client when things have gone a bit sour. And we've talked as well about how it's impossible to make all clients love you. Occasionally, you do need to give them the heave-ho. So... Today, Belinda and I are going to give you some tips and tricks on how to spot, handle, and if necessary, fire a client. But before we begin, I have a little question for you, Belinda. All right, okay. When you are writing your copy, what is playing in the background? What music is your go-to copywriting music? Ah, see, I would probably say that I listen to music while I research, but when I write, I like silence. Ah, you see, I'm the same. I agree. Because otherwise I find the lyrics start to make my way into the, make their way into the copy. Yeah, that's right. So what I tend to do now, because silence is a distant dream in my house, um, <laughs> I tend to listen to rain, white noise. Do you? Yeah, I love a good rainstorm. So that kind of gives me a, uh, I don't have the lyrics distracting me and I don't sing along, but it's this lovely kind of focus. There's a site called Brain FM. Have you heard of Brain FM? No. Brain FM. I just saw it in my little uh, toolbar and uh, I listened to it a while ago. And what you can do is it will, um, it's a freemium product, so it's free to begin with. But then you can say, right, for the next 10 minutes or 20 minutes, I'm going to be doing mentally stressful activity. Or you can pick the type of activity you're doing and it will create a soundtrack for that activity. And apparently it's supposed to boost productivity and boost pheromones, not pheromones. What are the good ones? Oh, I love me some pheromones while I write. Anyway, it's try it out, Brain FM. Yeah, I love that idea. Not affiliated. I just saw it in my toolbar. I like to listen to kind of like really boppy music when I'm doing social media and doing admin. Like I'm really like Eliza Doolittle at the moment. She's a bit like Lily Allen. Yes, love her. When I write, I'm the same. I have to have silence Uh, or I just find myself feeling really twitchy I can't concentrate so yeah anyway that's enough of that let's get back to these horrible clients that we're talking about today so first of all I thought we could help people by showing them the warning signs what are the best ways to spot a bad client uh what 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 are your first what's your warning sign Belinda can you can you think of any um I would say the biggest one for me is not paying the deposit now (laughs) it's tempting to um, maybe start projects before the deposit is paid. You know, we I've had projects where I'm like, this sounds awesome. It's going to be so much fun. And so I, I really want to get stuck in and the client dilly-dallies a bit paying the deposit. I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'll get started. Or maybe the client just kind of persuades me that it needs to get started and they promise they'll pay the deposit. 
just as soon as possible and then it, it kind of never comes and, yes. and every time it's happened it always goes south so I just I after a few years of breaking the rules and having it go south quickly um, I just said no nothing happens until the deposit's paid yeah, I think that's a major warning sign. Another warning sign, I think, is, uh, and it kind of follows on for that, is when they just won't follow your processes, so deposit being one of them. So, you know, you, you have a set way of working and you have maybe a brief that needs to be filled in or whatever, and they're like, oh, I don't really have time to fill in the brief. Can't we just talk on the phone? Or I don't really have time to use track changes on the copy deck. Can't I just uh, call you and talk you through them? Like, for me, that's like, oh, my God, no, you know? And so, again gosh, we are getting a bit repetitive with this. It's really important to articulate your processes up front and to make sure the client understands them and what's expected of them uh, because, you know, you do not want to get to the stage where people are marking up 30-page copy decks in Biro and posting it to you, you know? <gasps> which happens. It happens and it's awful. Yeah, and, and then, so that's a big one, I think, not following process. My other one is the rush clients, people who generally phone rather than email, and they kind of sound a bit sweaty on the phone, a bit panty, and everything's urgent, and it's got to be done today, and, you know, we've been let down by another copywriter, and we're in dire straits, and you can then, your heart starts racing, and you're like, oh, my God, how can I change all my schedule to fit this in, and I've got this tomorrow, and I'll have to cancel it, and ah, and you start panicking and then those are nine times out of ten the clients that never ever actually end up being good clients and you get messed around and you've changed everything around and messed up things with your good clients who were behaving perfectly well to try and accommodate this new hectic client and that's always a bit of a warning sign for me so if they're in a mad rush they're too busy to follow your processes or pay your deposit or just talk politely um then they're probably going to be too busy throughout the whole project and it's going to be a nightmare yeah i think that's the key summary you know if they don't prioritize time to give you what you need whether that's money or information then they probably won't prioritize paying your invoice either yes exactly another one i um think is really really chatty clients now sometimes really chatty clients are awesome because they give you lots and lots of information that that you can get pure gold for the copywriting Um, Mm. and I much prefer talking to chatty clients than maybe the clients that give you one word answers in the brief but clients that need to talk to you every five minutes or spend you know send through 50 pages of the brief or just overload you and just need constant attention it's too much it's too much yeah, I think, you know, I have um, in my uh, proposal, I have a limit on the amount of discussion time there is. So I say we have an hour of discussion time and I track that quite carefully because some clients do like to call after every draft. They like to call and just, you know, shoot the breeze or, you know, and it takes up so much time, not just the literal time that you're on the phone, but also it breaks your concentration and makes it harder to get back into what you were doing. Um, and some, you know, some clients are just, they just like you and they want want to talk to you but that's not what you're being paid for you're being paid to write the copy so after the initial brief I try and keep chat down to a minimum and I agree I think you can often oh gosh the birds are a bit too chatty I love the birds crazy it's like Alfred Hitchcock movie here um I think when you get an email, the first contact email, and, you know, you've got your questions in your form and then you've got that free one where it's like how can I help and you get six pages of blurb you're like 
Okay, that's a warning sign. There's a warning sign that this person might not be the easiest person to deal with. You know, I've asked them one question and I've got three pages of information back. That's a warning sign. Um, do you have, oh, my other one, another one. Um, the client who is all like, I could have written this myself. I just don't have the time. Do you have that? Have you ever had that one? Oh, lots, lots. Um, I actually um, would script a little reply where I'm going, you know, I would say something along the lines of, I'm sure you could, um, but that's why, you know, we copywriters exist and I'll be doing my very best to write the copy for you or, or, or something like that. You know, I yeah, try not yeah. to sound grovelly at all because I'd be trying to quietly assert myself as the professional yeah. in the relationship. And I never understand that whole thing if you've, you know, yes, we've all got opinions and we've read a few articles and whatever, but if you've made the decision to outsource something, you really got to put your trust in that person. Like why, you know, buy a dog and bark yourself? Is that the expression? Something but, yeah, like that, yeah. Something like that. So the expert client. So we've had the, the won't pay deposit. We've had the won't follow process, the in a rush, the chatty, and now the expert. And my final one is the doozy. This is my worst type of client. The one who's like... I'm just going to show, I know I signed it off and I know we're done, but I'm just going to show it to my wife. Uh, actually, I'm just going to show it to my friend who once wrote a school newsletter in 1974. So they're going to have a really good opinion on this copy. And you're like, no, no. they're not my client. You're my client. It's not copy by committee. I agree. Um, it's it's the worst. So the worst. It's the pits. I've worked um, closely with one of our mutual contacts, um, Trish Arnett, who I know oh. listens to the show, and we had several projects together that involved the wife, the girlfriend, the business coach, I think they're oh. both, and they just all turned into pure torture because, you know, it's fine to get other people's opinion, but more often than not, it would happen, as you said, on the last draft, yeah. and, and these external people would have no information about the original brief. They'd have no idea about what was being asked and they're just kind of putting their own two cents in and it was a nightmare. Yeah. And sometimes people just say something because they want to say something. Oh, yeah. It's not a valid point. They just feel if they say, oh, yeah, actually, it's really, really good, then they won't look like they know what they're talking about. So they'll pick on something really peculiar and make a big deal out of it. I think another one, um, which is one we hadn't talked about before, is the one, the, 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 the client who doesn't pay any attention. So you send them the copy, they come back and there's hardly any changes. So when that happens, it's a great feeling. You're like, wow, I'm the best copywriter. But just double check that they have really read it because then what I find sometimes happens is in the second draft, now you get the changes. And yeah. they're like, oh well I didn't really have time to read it properly the first time around and then well why did you send it back then you know so uh the the no changes client is both a blessing and a horror I yeah think. I would actually if I get um clients coming back really quickly and going I love it I have no changes I would go oh well well, well, well just just take a few days and have a read of it a few times and just make sure that you still agree because and then I would reiterate that revisions are very normal and, um, you know, it's part of the process and all that kind of stuff because, yeah, as you said, you get them all in the second draft and you think you're almost done. Yes, it's the pits, especially when, like, it's a whole – it's heaps on something that you thought was completely done. You're like, what? I thought I was done with that page. It's now all I'm rewriting it. Yeah, the worst. And I got a good little quote here from Angela Denley, who's in, in one of my um, copywriting communities, and she says, 
uh, about warning signs um, I think it's good to just trust your guts if your spidey senses are telling you that someone's going to be a pain in the mm -mm, uh, then they're probably going to be a pain save yourself the heartache I haven't fired any clients yet but there's been a few where I've been happy that there hasn't been repeat business and I wish I'd listened to those warning signs before I started so I think that's true as well I mean those are kind of obvious things that clients can do but sometimes it just feels weird or there's I don't know you just get a bad vibe um for some reason or another and while you know I don't think I'm a particularly intuitive beast sometimes I think my spidey senses are saying this is not somebody you want to be working with have you ever heard that oh yeah absolutely and early on in my copywriting career I would think oh no I'm just a bit nervous and fearful yeah. because I'm not that experienced but later on I would recognize my gut going no back out while you can and I would just maybe become unavailable um, have really long lead times and stuff like that to just kind yeah. of quietly Some sidle <laughs> out of the room <laughs> something's just come up yeah the classic um so well, if you have accidentally got involved with a dodgy client or a client that's a bit of a pain in the bottom how can you keep things on track what are your tactics you know you don't want to necessarily let that client go straight away how are you going to try and get it back keep things on track well i think our listeners might be surprised to hear this but i will say P word are you <laughs> stick to your processes yeah, or as they say here in the states processes <laughs> which bugs me anyway um ex <laughs> explain the processes to the client up front so there are no surprises reiterate the processes um as you go through and whenever you try and get that deviation go back to the process you know you can't be totally inflexible all the time and you don't want to be um i was going to say like a process nazi about it but i clearly am but every time i've gone off the process and i've bent the rules and i've made exceptions it's generally gone wrong so i think if you create the processes stick to them and explain them then you're in a pretty good stead to get things back on track because sometimes clients just need a bit of guidance yeah, I think that's true. And I think what, you know, what comes under that is things we've talked about ad nauseum, really getting a clear brief, getting a deposit, um, getting clear, you know, making sure they've signed your terms and deposit. All those are kind of part and parcel of processes, really, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, what we talked about in the last pod to avoid people going missing in action and it turning um, south without you doing anything is staying in touch. Keep yeah. talking. Radio silence from both sides can just make everyone a bit anxious. So stay in touch and um, you can and usually try, get things back on track. Yeah, and try and encourage them to stay in touch. I think another important thing is it's a good idea to Google people before you start working with them. And I don't just mean their website, but, you know, once you've got a client and maybe you're doing the proposal, use some of that proposal time to have a good search for that person. Have a look at their LinkedIn profile. Have a look at their social media profiles. And often you can get a good vibe from that. And I'm going to just give a little cautionary tale here that, you know, somebody contacted me and my spidey senses went on alert. And I just thought there was something a bit strange about, I don't know, the way he was talking or his sense of urgency. And I Googled him and found very quickly, actually, that he'd been the subject of one of those current affair 60 minutes style documentaries. No. And he'd been found guilty of um, char uh, ripping off grannies. So like oh. those 
you know, basically he was an electrician. He had gone, he'd promised to do work. He hadn't done it. And, uh, he, you know, he, he, and that was what he was. And he was trying to rebrand uh, with a new website. And that's what he was employing me to do. So I thankfully discovered that before I got too deep in. But just from a quick Google. So, you know, it's a it sounds an obvious thing, but it's I don't think many people do it, you know. And it could even be, you know, you go and you see because most people are a bit uh, don't know their Facebook privacy settings and you have a look at their Facebook privacy or the Facebook page and maybe there's something on there that just makes you I don't know do you know what I mean no I think it's a brilliant tip it's something that I should have done um, a lot more because I remember one of our mutual contacts Beck Lambert you know she was mentioning that as well and I was just like yeah that that is really smart Um, because also sometimes you get like disgruntled web developers who who turn the websites into warnings that this client hasn't paid their invoice so you you can always find stuff so a bit of Googling is very worthwhile. Um, so I think, you know, we've, we've looked at the warning signs and we've tried to keep things on track. But when does the point come where you have to decide to let things go? And I do think an important part of running a business is understanding when you have to let go of something. You know, there, there is a the perseverance is all very well and good. But if things are truly going south, you need to consider whether it's worth keeping the client. So what kind of things did you consider when you were making that decision about letting a client go or keeping them on? I think the first thing I'd know is how much time, like what stage of the project I was in. Because I think if you're towards the end, I would just push on through. Because I'm yeah. like, you know what, I'm just oh, just going to get it done, do what they yeah, want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if it was start of the beginning of the project, um, rather, well, the mistake I used to make very early on is going, it'll get better. It'll get better. And I, yeah. that's just like going out with someone and thinking you can change them. Like it's, it's <laughs> foolhardy. They're not going to change. So, yeah. I, you know, I learned later on it's better to get out early if you can but yeah that would be the first thing where are we at the project and I think that's you know giving yourself permission to do that um it's you know some people like they've taken that job on they they just have to do that job um but you can really get out whenever you want to as long as you do it in a graceful way we're going to talk about that shortly um I think the next thing that you need to think about um, after time invested is, is bum coverage. That's what I'm going to call it. Um, so it's making sure that you, before you engage any client, you have clear terms and conditions that are precise about who owes who what in the event of project termination. And um, I have a terms and conditions template on the Clever Copywriting School, and I crafted that bit very carefully. So, you know, it's not just about what happens when the client decides they don't want to work with you, but what happens when you decide you don't want to work with the client uh, how much do you have to give back what at what stage is there no refund you know you have to specify all that out so that when the worst does happen you're prepared yeah absolutely and you know being prepared to maybe take a small cash hit Yes. To keep it amicable, but not give away the farm as well. And I think another big thing of this bum coverage is getting everything in writing. Yeah, exactly. Totally. And, I- you know, being honest, I think it, if you do get to the point where you're having this awkward conversation with your client, um, being honest, explain the issues politely as well, because they may not even realize they're being a pain. So, you know, rather than blaming someone and going you're being like this and you're not doing this and and we have to end this you know you can maybe say things like one of the things I've found challenging about this project is 
the fact that you're quite busy and communication is quite hard or or even flip it to explain how maybe the successful projects of work like one of the ways I find clients get the most out of my copywriting is to you know and do that so you're using um, not using blame words and you know because they might not have worked with a copywriter before they might be trying to figure out how to manage you but you don't need to be managed yeah, that's it. And then, you know, I think a classic one there is the discussion time thing. If you do get a client that calls a lot, you know, but you've got a good uh, proposal where you outlined how much time, you just kind of can go back, hey, you know, I'm really enjoying our chats, but I did want to let you know that we've actually used up all the discussion time that I'd allowed for in, a, in my budget. So we can either add another couple of hours to the invoice or we can just stick to email and track changes from here on in. You know, it's a great way to shut someone down and then they go oh wow okay yeah I didn't realize you know that that was how it worked thank you cool you know or yes let's add another hour on then at least you're getting paid for the annoyance do you know what I mean yeah that's exactly right so I think you know that whole one last chance thing is important giving the client a clear explanation of what needs to happen for you to continue the project that sounds quite melodramatic but what I mean is you know they don't know that you're going through all these agonies so you might you know do what Belinda and I have said and send a polite email and then you might send a slightly firmer email that goes hey you know I think the project isn't quite working um, here are some things that I think we're going to need to happen for us to get this project completed we're going to need to one track changes in documents to try and respond to email you know what I mean and just give them some some things to work on and be a bit firm about it simple bullets and clear dates work quite well keep it emotion free keep it short and keep it sweet um, so you're kind of saying I'm about to break up with you but if you do these three things then I might not break up with you yeah and like- if you keep it about the project yeah so this is what we need to do to get your copywriting Yes. Completed so that you can go on with your fantastic marketing project. So it's it's not about me as a copywriter and you as a client, it's about the project. Yes, totally. And, you know, I think being prepared because it's always nice to get paid for the work you've done. Um, but if you're going to fire a client, like we said before, you may lose some money. You may even have to give them a refund, which I wouldn't try and not do ever Um, but you know being prepared to do that if you're getting to the point where that's what will give you your life back yes totally and then I think you know we we need to get to the sticky end of it how to do the deed how to fire a client and um, I think a big part of this is making the decision deciding you're going to fire the client and moving on yeah so I had a a lady in my group very recently who had all these kind of issues all these issues and more but she was really struggling to let go um because you know worried about all the things we talked about you know that that it's going to be a bad mark on her reputation that the client's going to not like her that she's going to lose money but once she gave herself permission to just say I'm going to fire them and I'm moving on and I don't I'm over it it's really important and a little quote here from Lizzie Pepper who's another member of my group and she says once you've made a decision just do it be professional and courteous and have a good reason up your sleeve as to why I've just fired a client and have just let them know I'm not available for future projects due to my workload I offer to finish off all jobs in progress to ensure a clean handover and I think that's really good advice Um, some other tips that I have here are you know sending a message that's got really polite clear straightforward language maybe make them an offer 
So in terms of financials, so I'm happy to refund X amount of the project and provide details of another supplier that might be able to help. Obviously, ask the other supplier first. You don't want to hand on your bad client to someone else. Um, but, and you know, don't necessarily apologize. That, that Don't make it, I'm so sorry that we, I didn't, you know, didn't work and blah, blah, blah. You know, but I think it's fine to say something along the lines of, um, you know, it's unfortunate it didn't work out this time. Um, but, you know, these things, not these things happen, but, you know, here's hoping that uh, your next copywriter, I, know, I don't know, I've lost my thoughts. Well, you know, that's just, you, you talk about fit, don't you? Here's, yeah. That is a better fit for your project. Yes, exactly. But I think um, being clear about, uh, you don't have to go into gratuitous detail about why or the what. You don't want to then give them a list of reasons why you've hated working with them. <laughs> Just make the decision. Decide that you're doing it, but really decide. Because, you know, if they come back and say, oh, but can you just do this? Can you just do that? You know, then you get into, you haven't fired them. You just keep on keeping on. You know, it is like that. I think you used the boyfriend breakup earlier. You know, the best way to do it is to just do it. But then don't, you know, go back again and again. Don't be a shoulder to cry on. Just move on. You know, let them find a new boyfriend or girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah, love you. See you later. Um, here's a good quote from Mary Cameron. She says, um, another copywriter, I have fired clients twice using that I have your best interest at heart approach by telling them something like, I'm just not the copywriter you need for this job, but I'm confident you'll find the perfect fit copywriter who will produce exactly what you need. Good luck. And I think that, you know, that's a nice way of doing it. We're, this, we're not a right fit, but you will find, you will find your dream copywriter. Yeah, and I think that's a fantastic quote from Mary and that's a line I've actually I have used I haven't had to fire many clients but that's exactly the approach I use I'm not the right I'm not the copywriter for this job I would try not to say things like I'm not the best copywriter because yeah. I am the best clearly I'm the best <laughs> you know it's but it's about fit and yeah. when you make it about fit no one loses face that's it because you don't want to make the client feel bad you know that's it's it's not necessary oh do you, uh, you also don't want to make yourself look bad Yes, and that's what I was going to talk about next, which is what the, the aftermath of firing a client. Um, you know, there can be this sort of period of self-examination where you're like, oh, what went wrong? What did I do? Why me? Why me? And I think that can be useful to a degree. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about beating yourself up. But I do think it's worth making a note of what, what went wrong when. So when did you feel that this wasn't right? And how long after that did you actually take action? Um, what steps in your process didn't work? Um, what could you have done better to manage the situation? So it's a learning for the next time and it hopefully won't happen again. Um, but don't beat yourself up and don't, what, what's your phrase? Negative self-talk, Belinda. That's, that's what you exactly think. right. I was just going to say you've got to resist the urge to do negative self-talk because it's kind of, it's hard not to take it personally that you've failed. Um, but if you just keep beating yourself up about it, it's a spiral of negativity and it doesn't put you in a great frame of mind for the next client all the current clients that you're working on you've got to be on top of your game and I think if you just tell yourself every copywriter has this experience because they do um, dealing with it has made me a stronger business owner and copywriter and yeah. then you move on like you look at all those things you said you go back to your processes you try and tighten them up um, and then you move on 
Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I, I actually don't see it as a failure at all. I mean, I have done. But I think being able to let go of clients that aren't right for you is one of the really, to me, proves that you've evolved as a copywriter and a business owner because it takes some balls, let's be honest, to let, let work go away when we're all about getting work in and earning money. And it really speaks to confidence about making the right choices for you as, a, as an individual and for your business. And I think, you know, it's brave and it's awesome. So if you fired a copywriter, I salute you. At the end of the day, business business relationships break down all the time. And while it's unfortunate, it's often better to nip things in the bud before they get nasty. If you're clear and you're honest, your client will respect you for it. Do you agree? Yes, absolutely. And um, and as you said, when it when it happens. Um, it's how you feel after you do the D that really oh. gives you a clue about whether you made the right decision or not. And every time I've had to do it, I've felt freaking awesome. Me too. I've never felt bad after firing a client. I've always just felt... <sighs> Thank God for that. <laughs> and I'm going to finish with a nice little quote again from Lizzie Pepper from my copywriting group. And she says, trust that when you let go of one client that another opportunity will arise and it's so true I love that so that's the end of the show we've talked today about how to how to spot manage and unfortunately sometimes fire clients Uh, let's end the show with a shout out to one of our listeners and this week I have picked the lovely Angela Denley and Angela Denley says hot copy combines practical advice with personality with episodes of around 20 minutes it's perfect for bus train listening or a cup of tea when you need a break from finding the right words I found the episode on finding clients particularly useful and reassuring it's great to hear that you can build a successful business without doing cold calling thank you very much Angela I think that's very true yeah I love that Angela thank you and thanks to you for listening if you like the show don't forget to leave a rating and review on itunes and stitcher your review will help other copywriters and writers and business owners find us and the bonuses will give you a shout out on the show you can also head to hotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode where we'll also add links to various other articles that belinda and i have written on this subject we're both big fans of this subject so you'll find some good resources there to read through as well and i think that's it belinda i think we're done yeah i think we are thanks very much and until next time everybody happy writing oh my god i've got to go and have a driving lesson oh, good luck